thing. What's wrong with this thing? I think it's busted. Busted. Ladies and gentlemen, those beyond the binary, poets, perverts, explorers of all kinds, mouth breeders, superheroes, nerd bombers, door holders, white people who started wearing shorts as soon as it hit 47 degrees. Welcome to Busted Mouth. I'm J.W. Basillo. You know me. Uh, we all know each other. I'm old, uh, old drunk Uncle Baz, old Jamoki Robinson, old Joe Dirtbag, old Jamoke on the water, old Baz Squatch, old... Tally Wacker Jones, as I was called during my brief stint with the Midway Carnival and Abusements Corporation. Welcome again. Uh, it's another week. It's going to be a good one. I'm excited this week. Uh, the, it's nice outside, and I'm, I'm feeling uh, uh, fat and not prepared for beach season, but uh, it's going to be a good day today at least. The Rad, the famous, the author of We Are Never Meeting in Real Life, uh, the author of Meaty, uh, the founder of Bitches Gotta Eat, the funniest writer I know, uh, Samantha Irby, is going to be in the building today, and she's going to be here shortly, and we're going to talk and chop it up and uh, play around and do some silliness. I'm going to do some silly make ups at some point, of course, because it's the Busted Mouth Show, and that's how we do things. But of course, friends, Romans, country folk, there shall always be rock and roll. <laughs> Yeah, Alejandro Escovedo with Horizontal. Before that, Chicago's own Basil and the Supernaturals with Messages Part 2. All that stuff is uh, available. You can find it all over the place, uh, especially on Spotify. And certainly everything that you're listening to today can be found on the Busted Mouth, esteemed audio companion, E-S-T-E, and a bunch of E's, and then esteemed. You know, like esteemed, like esteemed colleagues. The esteemed audio companion. A playlist I made uh, so everyone can find the tracks that go out on the radio. So those of you that maybe listen later or maybe listen on the podcast, whatever it is, you can find the tracks and follow along, play along with us. And of course, I gave it a ridiculous name because I am um, an art school graduate. And that's not even true. That's also a lie. I did not go to art school. Uh, clearly, because of the ad copy that I have to read. And uh, let's start with... Uh, all right, today's first ad is from... Oh, Adam and Steve. Free stuff is awesome, but free stuff to spice up your bedroom is even better. Select any item, and then Adam and Steve loads on the free stuff. Adam and Steve is just like that other site, but it's way better stuff, and it was founded by an actual married couple named Adam and Steve. Enter offer code BUSTED at checkout for tantalizing free gifts, a special item for them, a special gift for them, and a third item you'll both enjoy, because you're both supposed to. And six, free movies. Movies on DVD. Don't have a DVD player anymore? Of course you don't. You're under 40, but you can use the DVDs for a bunch of different stuff if you get creative. Plus, free shipping if you live close to Adam and Steve's house. Otherwise, uh, regular shipping rates do apply. Finally, all right, we are brought to you today by Poppers. Google it. Have questions? Google it again. Stop being weird. It's the spring. It's sprung. 
We're talking about it. I'm talking about it too much. I think because winter was uh, specifically difficult and especially cold, especially living in Chicago. was uh, It was absolutely terrible. It was the worst winter I could remember. Maybe it was my mental state. But we're done talking about that. Those of you who have been around for a minute, we're done talking about it. We put that to bed. So um, now we've, we've gone from the winter into uh, it's, it's suddenly beautiful outside, and that's, it's pretty wonderful. Spring has definitely sprung, bringing about this massive revolution of skin and interesting clothing choices, genders be damned, the era of flop sweat for some of us has returned, the era of the sweaty flop, the era of being at work and trying to remain professional as you pretend there's not a single bead of sweat dive-bombing its way to your party crevasse is back. Can you feel it? Summertime in the city, baby. It's coming. And uh, those of you in Chicago, man, you know summertime. It's beer gardens. It's baseball. It's inappropriate use of the flip-flop. Flip-flops in church. Flip-flops in court. Flip-flops entering and exiting a porta potty at a street festival, you nasty so-and-so. Your foot hubris shall be your demise. I hate them so much. But both flip-flops and uh, street festivals. How many street festivals do we actually need? Blues Fest, Taste of Chicago, whatever goes on in like, the various large parks and the beaches. I, I get all those. They're relatively isolated. They're primarily, you know, they impact the folks who are complicit in the operation. It's at Grant Park or whatever on a Saturday. If you're anywhere near it, you're either new here or you chose to be there. Everyone else can kind of work a, a wide circle around the thing. And, or if you live or you work in Boys Town, you knew Pride was going to happen. You knew it was coming, and it's quite possibly part of the appeal in living in the neighborhood. You get a good spot, you know, for the parade and everything. But uh, every single neighborhood or subset of a neighborhood, for some reason in the last few years, now has to have its own demon carnival of cheap beer and terrible bands blocking necessary thoroughfares and destroying the afternoon of everyone inside a half mile without the luxury of central air conditioning. Do you love music festivals? I mean, do you? What if you loved music festivals and you didn't have any money? What if you missed college parties, but you thought that you needed more beer ticket and cash exchange bureaucracy? Do you want to show off your baby to strangers and get hammered in the daytime? Do you know one person that knows your alderman and could probably hook it up? Then let's trash this mother. Uh, Only affluent people will read and know about it, and then we can start towing cars. If you didn't want your car towed, you should have saved up for a garage, you poor piece of trash. (laughs) <laughs> Were you at work? Who works on a Saturday? Ah, poor people. But, I mean, if you drive in Chicago, you already know. You already know it's it's a nightmare. It's the city. And you know that in the summer, it's definitely going to be a problem. There, there are open hydrants. There are drunk people wandering into the streets. There are orange barrels arranged in what could only be interpreted as a monument to inefficiency. Or perhaps like some grand-scale SAIC performance art thesis on what happens when you put a bunch of rats in a maze and poke them with a stick. And the point is, when you live in a city, in a hemisphere, in a latitudinal position that is predisposed to balls terrible weather 70% of the year, people have a tendency to maybe overcorrect a little. It's, it's, it's as if the city is populated entirely by fifth graders inhaling pixie sticks and the monster energy that they only sell in Malaysia. And then they hear like, three, two, one, it's summer, go, go, go. But we're not fifth graders. We're adults. We don't have shaving cream fights. We don't have books of stolen matches to light off the lame fireworks that our uncles gave us. We're adults. We have access to alcohol and herbal refreshments that are too strong for humans now. And we're overly revealing clothing from Target that we can destroy and we don't even care. Do you feel it? Do you? Summertime in the city, do you feel it? Do you? It comes comes slow at first, right? Like a like a spinning octopus in your gut, each tentacle like a swirling bucket of fire, and you want to just open your car door directly into the bike lane. Just straight 
into the bike lane. At what point in time did every white person in the city get a bike? When did that happen? For three months every year, the city is just choked with righteous anger. Like, these drivers don't respect the cyclists. Did you hear that I'm a cyclist now until September? And I want to open my car door directly into the bike lane. And bike lanes are always where the car door opens, so it's rarely a choice. Make no mistake, I mean I want to open my car door into the bike lane intentionally while someone on the bike is there. I don't want anyone to get hurt. I don't know, I just think it'd be funny. It may be not a laugh out loud funny, but you know the kind of funny that exists when you look a white liberal from work in the eye and tell them that we all think that maybe we should give Trump a second chance because he's doing his best. And I can't stand Donald Trump, but the pain I'm caused by saying that he's doing well is a pittance for getting to watch someone's head explode. You should try it sometime. It's like live action trolling with real consequences and an audience of one. So you can always say like, what? I didn't say that. Why are you making stuff up, Brent? Tell HR. I don't care. You know that tug in your chest? When you're, you're holding a crystal vase in a store that you can't afford and you know that the floor associate is watching you hold this vase and how great the feeling of joy could be of just dropping it on the marble while never breaking eye contact with the person that works there. I think that's hilarious. Sometimes I get asked, uh, you know, like, what do you think is funny? And I always tell them that. Look at any situation, identify what the least appropriate behavior would be, and then just do that, and I will laugh hysterically. Like, hug your mother-in-law for longer than necessary, but before breaking the embrace, just whisper in her ear, sometimes my pee smells like asparagus. That, that to me, is hysterical, and I'm not going to do it, but it's funny. Like, go... Uh, embrace soccer hooligan behavior at a youth game where you don't know any of the kids on the team. Just start breaking stuff and chanting and waving flags. That's funny to me. Think of, like, memorizing the practical method of making methamphetamine and then explaining it in exhaustive detail at Thanksgiving. And don't even pause every time someone asks you, like, what have you been up to? And like, "Mm, uh, well, I've been buying these large beakers and I use the beakers to break down and then just start explaining how to make meth to them and watch their faces change. But you have to commit to the bit. It's good stuff. These are the things that I find funny. I don't find anything funny anymore except for, like, the idea of making other people uncomfortable and seeing how long I can do it. And I know that's not right. I know it's not good. And obviously, the one dummy who is new to satire doesn't get that I'm kidding. And of course I'm kidding. Don't do it. Just fantasize about it. Just park your car and check your side mirror and wait for that cyclist to pass before opening your door. But for one brief second, as they go by... Treat yourself, man. Just treat yourself. Just really explore the space. Just dream it up. And maybe, maybe your fantasy's like mine. You know, it's a, for me, I always see a guy with like a crappy beard and a yellow t-shirt and he's in some cutoff jorts and, and I time it just right so that the center of his wheel comes flush contact with the outer part of my door in perfect physical sync so that he goes like right up over the handlebars and then I watch him land on his back and it causes a rip in his $200 chrome messenger bag that he wears for two months out of the year and I hear him exclaim like, my iPad! My name is Tyler, and I'm a graduate of Ohio State, and I've lived in Logan Square for 18 months, and I hope my iPad is okay. It's where I do all my illustrations of my cat, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Fantasize. Enjoy your life. Look, okay, all right, for real. In all seriousness, I've seen people get doored. I've seen doors open into bikes, and it's gnarly. It's not something I would wish on people. I would fantasize about it, but I wouldn't wish on people. Uh... 
though okay all right so one time i did watch a grown man get building doored though and that was pretty glorious so what's building doored you ask it's when someone gets hit with a door that people use to go in and out of a building so how did that happen uh because this dummy was riding his bike on the sidewalk like an eight-year-old uh, so I was coming out of Lazo's or maybe Arturo's on Western. I don't know which one I was in because no one knows which one they're in because they're these two large Mexican restaurants with big signs and identical menus literally right next door to each other. And one's the crappy one, but I don't know which one the crappy one is until I'm actually in it. Uh, but I know it's one of them, and I never know which one I'm in and I don't know if I'm in the crappy one until I'm actually in the crappy one. So I was coming out of the not crappy one, I'm pretty sure. And during the night air, just kind of, you know, feeling the night air for a second, extra minute, my friend was using the restroom. And in my nice moment was interrupted by the sound of some, some proud American, some proud midsummer American yammering on a cell phone, punctuating his every thought with, uh, bro, no, bro, bro. Bro, 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 bro. And he's on his bicycle. Uh, it's a BMX bicycle. He's on the sidewalk. He's heading in my direction. One hand on the handlebars. His cell phone is in the other. His butt is planted on the seat because that's really the only way to make it work. And he's riding toward me, and I'm all just like, I hate you, I hate you, I hate you, as he passes. And then, my friends, an angel appeared. As someone exited the other Lazo Arturo's, not sure, and he just swapped the glass right into old Dum Dum's face, and he vaulted from his seat, exclaiming "Bro!" throughout his brief flight before he hit the sidewalk. And what happened next, I have no idea, because my friend came out and he saw the bro on the sidewalk, and he goes, "What's going on?" And I was like, "I don't know, and I don't care, but that just made my night." And let's get out of here before anything ruins it. Summertime in the city, friends. It's the small victories. It's the quiet victories. You have to take them when you can, and. uh I'm here to party. You melt away through the cracks in my fingers. I know that sunburn goes away. The broken words I last heard still linger. Maybe by Monday I'll be okay. Any day's better than February. Sometimes I wonder how life... Ladies and gentlemen, those beyond the binary, weirdos, nerds. My favorite nerd is in the house. Yeah. It's Sam Irby. Yeah. Say hi, Sam. Hi, Baz. Hi, everybody. Uh, how you been? I have been good. So, good. Excellent answer. Relatively good. good. Relatively good? Why you know, I'm one of those people who's like... Always mad at everything all the time? Yes. Yeah. And so even my good is, my good is like less bad than usual. Oh, that's good. Yeah. I mean, right? uh, relatively, I right? feel like if anyone could understand, you would understand the less bad than usual. There's something wrong like with the wiring where even the best day I've ever had, I'm like, yeah, but that ice cream was only okay. Yes. Yeah. I feel like as as much, and you are like this too, I know it because I know you, as much as I am good at like distilling the funny out of a horrible situation. Sure, yeah. I also can see a really great situation and be like, but mm-hmm. didn't I look stupid? Didn't I yeah. smell weird? I'm a little did fatter you, than I would yeah. like to be. Right? Yeah, did you see me sweating? <laughs> like eight pictures of my multiple chins told me that that show wasn't as great as I thought it was. <laughs> <laughs> That's always how it goes. Uh, those of you who aren't, who aren't familiar with Samantha Irby, I don't know what you're doing with your dumb life, but... Yeah. Uh, Samantha Irby uh, is the author of Meaty, is the author of We're Never Meeting in Real Life. Yeah. Uh, was the, uh, of course, kicked off with the, with the, the wonderful blog, uh, Bitches Gotta Eat. My mother's favorite blog, by the way. Really? No, not at all. I'm sure okay. she hasn't read it. She's not into that She kind of would language. love me, though. Oh, she would love you, the Moms person. Yeah. love me. I could woo her, and then I could, what's your mom's name? Joan. 
I could be like, oh, that's a good It's a good name. one, right? I could be like, Joan, listen, girl, I know you don't like the swearing, but <laughs> if you just give me, like, two pages, you'll be hooked. And then Joan would, like, disown you and adopt me. Oh, she's way over me already. She's done. <laughs> she's, she's checked out Are you an ago. only kid? No, I'm a middle kid. Oh, only male. Worst. I'm the oh. only male. Middle oh. kid. I'm oh. the worst. Yeah. There's, like, one male per generation, and yeah. it's always a nightmare. Well, you know what's worse than the middle kid is the baby, which is what I am. Oh, right. But you're the baby by, like, a huge gap, right? Yeah. So I'm the babyest baby. The babyest baby. I have all the baby traits, and they're amplified, which means I'm basically the worst nightmare of a person you would ever want to meet. I think we have a lot in common in that way. Um, <laughs> yeah. Specifically. I think that's how we connected, actually. You know, I really connected. And we uh, – so we'll go into that in a, in a, in a bit. we got plenty of time. But uh, I, the thing that I – Really connected with the first time I read Meaty on like the first edition because I'm an OG. Yeah. Um, We've known each other a, a long, long time. time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the first meeting, or the first time I read Meaty, and you got to the uh, there was the story about you hanging out with like people's parents at the sleepover. Mm-hmm. That was me all day. I was friends with everybody's mom. Oh, it, first <sighs> of all, I think I understood very early on, and this is still true today that like the kids are broke. And have less stuff. The moms have the stuff. The moms have the keys to the snacks. <laughs> they have the keys to the car. Right. They know where things are. They can get you stuff. Kids, I mean, they're interesting, I guess, if you have to be around them. But the mom, like, has the good stuff. It's like, I could be in your room and, like, try to fight for time with your Barbies. Or I could go downstairs and see what Karen is doing. Also, Karen has to be nice to me. Yes. Those are the rules. Yes. Moms have to be nice yes. to you. No yes. one else wants to hear about like my theories on the Second World War when you're 10, <laughs> right? Yeah. But like, but, but Brent's mom is like, well, that's really interesting. Please yeah. tell me about Michael Jackson. I'm like, well, let me explain. Yeah, I think if you're the, when you're the kid who's like, hey, Judy, how is work today? It like blows their mind because uh-huh. all the other kids run past right, them right, and right. are just like, Let's go, like, touch each other upstairs. But, like, if I'm hanging sleepovers down- for you. <laughs> oh, are you're really going to leave me out here like no, this? No, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm- I know. Yeah. <clears throat> Shut up. Yeah, I know what you were me. doing. All right, go ahead. Uh, but if you're the one who's like, you know, Margaret, how are things going? It, like, blow. She's like, Poof. her head just explodes. And she's like, kids never pay attention to me. They just run past me to do drugs in my son's room. But, like, look at you. You want to talk to me about, like... Asper cream and reverse mortgages. <laughs> Come sit. Here's some chocolate. And like that, that was my lane. That is currently my lane. But like, what's that lane like now that, because you've got two stepkids. Yes. Which is wild. Uh, to me too. Yeah, it's wild. To every day, it's wild. Well, it's a little wild because, I mean, knowing you, like when you know people and people get busy and your lives kind of ebb and flow, mm-hmm. right? And sometimes you see somebody a lot and then you don't see somebody for a while. And mm-hmm. you know, you're, we're adults. That's how mm-hmm. it is. Um, but I remember at one point, te- Sam was, or not Sam, uh, Emily Rose, my old roommate, texted me. She's like, you know Sam's getting married? Who the hell is Sam? What do you mean Sam's getting married? It's like, she's going to get two kids. They're going to move to Michigan. It's real right now. It's like, I go away for a month and this is what happens in your life? Yeah. Where were you? I was, I don't know, crying. Have, I, was, I lived in a basement. Me. I lived in a basement, Sam. You could have saved me from this oh, life. Oh, horrible life that you live right now? Kid, yeah. Okay. Stepkids in Michigan. Oh, First of all, listening. I love Emily. Emily, I love you. Um, so, I mean, life comes at you fast. I met my wife on Twitter, which 
I do not like saying because Twitter is a toilet and I don't yeah, ever it's want awful. anyone to think that I'm like, I love tweeting. But like when you are an artist who has to sell yourself without a marketing budget, oh, yeah. you have to be on Twitter. So I met her. I'm going to fast forward through the courtship because, you but know. She, did she slide into your DMs or the other way around? She slid into mine. She First she tweeted. Okay. I don't know the lingo. But listen. Okay. Everyone listening. We I don't know. Are, the, we're both we're old. old. So I don't know what it's called. But she tweeted me in a way that people could see. And then we had a conversation back and forth that was in public. I'm like, you know, after you tweet with somebody like three or four times, I, your grandmother, right. am like, um, the world is watching this right. conversation. People could know. Yeah. And it wasn't anything salacious because, again, old. But I was like, um, what if we took this into a private channel? And then she <laughs> DM'd me. So we did that for a long time. And I – here's how not suave I am. I didn't understand that she was interested, interested in me because women – okay, I'm not going to generalize and be like women be like this and men be like this. But women are a little more subtle. So it took a minute yeah. for me to like know what was up. I was like, wait a minute. Are we just talking about books or are you – what? what's happening Are you really here? trying to holler yeah. at my biz? Yeah. And so I finally was like, listen, here is my phone number. If this is what you're trying to do, this uh, do it. Text me. And so then we started talking and I was like, okay. Did she know that's what she was trying to do or was she just like, hey, I like your work? Because that happens. Sometimes yeah, you, you, know, you start talking like, and then you go, well, maybe we're feeling each other. Yes. Okay. I think she was like, hey, I like your work. Because really, I mean – that book, especially when it first came out in its earlier version, is basically like a roadmap to my sexual encounters with men. I don't know that there was yeah, they weren't terrific. Re- <laughs> the stories, <laughs> great, great stories, great storytelling, not, terrible encounters. Definitely not like the kind of thing you read them and go, hmm. I'd really like to see. I'd really like to see what's. I'd like to bark up that tree. <laughs> so. I I definitely didn't expect anyone to read. I thought the book was going to come out and that was just going to be the end of my dating life. Men are shameless, so it wasn't. Yeah, they don't care. But like, <laughs> but like, I I was like, oh, that okay, we could do this. And then uh, we just talked, and I was like, you know, long distance because she was in Michigan and I was here in Chicago. I was like, long distance is perfect because I feel like I can keep up being like being looking like a good responsible person who has money and can plan dinners i can do that every other week oh yeah two days no doubt i can't do that for which she found out now that we live together uh i can't do that for many days in a row where i'm like look at what a great person i am look at how neatly i make my bed you know Mm -hmm. the the varnish came off very early but we i mean we dated long distance for a while and then i and it's Very, not long, long. Like, you're two and a half hours. Like, it's not long, long, long distance. It feels it's long. A, it's, I'm not telling you it's not a long way. But no. it's not like, it wasn't like when you live no, on opposite like, sides of the country. Right. It wasn't like, that would be, like, exciting. So this is just like, you know. Meet you in Michigan City. We'll go to Blue Chip. <laughs> <laughs> uh, have you ever been to the outlet mall? What, would you like to walk around uh, the Nike outlet yeah. for a date? Or, I don't know. That doesn't, is it, does that sound gay enough? The Nike outlet? If it were, um. There's got to be something gayer. Like if it was Lands End, the Lands End, yeah. Yeah. Do you want to look at tote bags? Mm-hmm. Very sturdy monogram tote bags for an hour. Um, anyway, so we did that for a couple of years, maybe more than a couple of years. Sure. And then because uh, we never met her, I never met her in the city. 
No. So she would I come in. I still haven't met her face to face. Are you kidding? I've still not met her. It's weird. Because I don't go to your shows. I'm not one of your, I mean, I'm your fan, but like, I don't no, go to your no. shows. Well, so now, I mean, I'm going to segue and then we'll get back to this. Yes, bit. please. And now at this point in the like performing or like book signing things, it is nice when my friends come, but my friends who come to my things are usually like this. They're like, listen, I'll buy a ticket. It makes you look good. I'll come. Because it's nice for you to see my face in the crowd and also for you to look like you can populate an event. Right. And then I'm leaving. I'm not doing the q and I'm not standing in line to be I'm your friend. I'm not standing in line. I'll meet you at the yeah. bar. And right. I tell people, like, if you have my phone number, do not stand in a line right. to talk to me. And so now my friends usually, like, jump the line and are like, I just wanted to hug you before I never right. see sure, you sure, again. Sure. But. Listen, you are not required. We know each other. Right. I'll come see you here. You never have to come. But she would come into town, and we would, like – and then I got to, like, show off, right? Because Chicago's amazing. Oh, and sure. And I know a lot of people. So I would be like, let's go to this thing. Let's do that. Let's go to this thing. Maybe if you perform more, I would have brought her to see you perform. But that's maybe another story for you, another well, day. I, well, I had the weekly show every single week. Where? At the Green Mill. Back when oh, I was doing that, but she would never be here on Sunday nights because she had mean? to go. She would have oh, to go back. Oh, she wouldn't be here. To, oh, okay, right. She'd have to go back to Michigan to work. Yeah. So I couldn't like bring her to see you. Well, because I remember you texted me one night and you're like, "Hey, uh, there's a line. I can't get in." And I was like, "I'll come out. Hang on. I'm on. I'm literally on stage. I'll come out." And then you were like, Psh, "It's for the birds. It's beat. I'm out." <laughs> it was. So, it's so packed, yeah. which is like both thrilling for me to see as a person who loves you and wants you to be successful and wants like. The green mill to keep having a banging. Yeah, Sunday I ain't even night. there anymore. I don't care. But you know, standing in a line. Yeah, to I don't see do it. I, it's weird. I, I don't do it either. Awful. I get it. I totally understand that. Also, thing. like I love the mill, but that isn't really the place to like when it's like just so crammed that yeah, you can't so, even. It's so hot. So many breathe. people. It's so hot. Also, can I? Can we have a little like processing of my like deep sadness and insecurities for a moment? Watching slams yeah. is agonizing to me. It's agonizing to me. Because I feel like, like, not that what I do isn't, like, a deep, like, you know, ex- exposing my innermost whatever. Poetry feels, like, so, like, you know, like, feeling. And I offset sure, sure, my sure, sure, stuff sure. with jokes, right? Right, right. But then, like, poets are, like, out just pouring their stuff out. And then when people don't, like cheer for them Ooh, it's a heartbreak i went maybe twice yeah once before i knew you once after and i was like i'm gonna throw up the anxiety of like watching people do their poetry and then getting like booed, booed? oh yeah i mean i miss it i i don't I mean, for those of you who don't know, like I, I haven't been at the Green Mill in uh, over a year. I don't do that stuff. I'm out of that game. Like I just, I'm not in that game at all. Out of poetry in general. I'm just out. Like I, I still like poetry on some level, but I don't care. Do you write it still? Uh, I think everything I write has some sort of poetic bent to it. But mm-hmm. uh, and I'm, but I'm writing more songs, which is hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a different set. Of, it's a different skill. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't begrudge any of the time that I spent in the poetry world. Like, right. You know, I made a living in poetry, which no one does. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so I don't begrudge that but i i also it's it's time for me to move on i'm ready to do something else and yeah. you know it, especially that's that that world um yeah i'm out of it so whatever i don't miss it 
entirely. I do miss I do miss the Green Mill though. I miss that show. Yeah. Do you ever go? Home. Who hosts it now? What's well, it's Mark Smith still has a show. Oh, so it's but, just yeah. It. We don't speak. I haven't been to the show since. Oh yeah. You, oh, you fell out. Okay, we won't get it. It's we don't have to get into it. It's big. We won't get whatever. into that. Um, but so Kirsten bringing her okay, around, uh, showing off like Chicago to her, looking cool. Because, like, we met, like, probably right around the time when I could, like, go lots of places and people would be like, hey, I know you. And that was a very cool thing to be able to do to someone who's, like, interested in dating me. I'd be like, let's go to this restaurant where I know the bartender is going to send me Mm -hmm. a free drink. Mm -hmm. So we did that for a while. But and I feel like a lot of a lot of my friends didn't meet her just because. I think it's overwhelming to a person to, like, have them come to your town and then be like, now you have to meet all of my friends who care very deeply deeply about me and are going to be judging you and all that Mm -hmm. stuff. Um, So she managed not to – she met a few people, didn't meet everybody. I think she slowly is still getting introduced to everybody. And it's – I mean, if you want to feel good about how many people you know, just date someone from out of town – and then, like, try to explain to, the to list them all the various people yeah. in your life. And then you're like, man, I know a lot I'm of really fools. popular. Yeah. I know a lot of people. <laughs> I'm like the king of this city. And then I left it right when I was about to be on top. Right. I left the city to go live in Kalamazoo with Kalamazoo her. proper? Yeah. The zoo? The zoo. And you've got... K-Zoo. You know, and you... Uh, You've got a book club. I only remember some of it because we hung out the other night and we caught up a little. We caught up uh, and I was inebriated. So I only remember some of the things because I'm all. What am I? Come on. I was in my brain is Swiss cheese. Yeah. It just goes in and out. Yeah. Some things I just can't hold on to. I try to keep the names and faces together. Sure. Everything the rest else, of it goes I'm away. Like, come on. But like with, when you so you in you you end up in, in Kalamazoo mm-hmm. and is it just like. It's on, or do you go? I'm gonna watch Netflix and sit in this bed all day. Or like, did you immediately start to try to make friends? Did you like throw up a Craigslist flag? Like, who wants to be my buddy? How do you make friends as an adult? I don't know. Tell me. I don't. I don't know either. And I knew that I didn't know before I moved. I I have like the double whammy of moving to a town where I don't know people. I don't have any of the the things that like get you in with people i don't have like pets i can't go or i mean i have cats but i don't have like dogs where I could, dog like, park go to the yeah, dog right. park i don't have a job so there's no like my job is sitting in a corner and like trying to think of jokes and string them together in an artful way so i don't have a job where i mean i i was thinking about like wistfully about my you know punching a clock years because at the very least there were people like with maybe my same interests or kind of around my same age that I had access to all the time and now I'm like you know I will do things like go into Walgreens and I'm not a like talk to the Walgreens person kind of person but if they say hi I'm definitely like hey how are you any port in the storm someone good to see you great yep I'll just be getting these chips Yep, got the same chips yesterday. You know, like, I don't know how you make friends. So I kind of, like, latched on to Kirsten's friends. Um, Do they make sense, though? Like, do they make sense in your life? Because I know, like, so my partner is is great, and she has very nice friends. But we're not the same kind of humans at all. At all. Yeah. I feel like we're the same in that we live in the same town. (laughs) 
and we so I am I'm very good at like getting along with anyone or like finding a common thread sure. with anyone. I I think it's easy to have drinks with people and have meals with people and do that kind of stuff. And like, I'm slowly doing that and feeling like I have people I can talk to and be myself with. I also have the added, and as a performer, you probably know this, the added challenge of like not feeling like I have to perform for people. It's tough. Yeah. So like, and let them know like who I really am and that I'm not funny all the time. And that I have like, you know, so I feel like I'm slowly building that but i don't know how you ever build like ride or die people from scratch at 38 especially if like you used to be a nerd kid because i would yeah. like you know i went to say second city or whatever or yeah. io whatever you take a class and people are like hey so who are you and like you clearly have something in common right yes. you, you know you have a similar interest yes. and you're like hey we're going out for we're going out after class for drinks and you're like you're, i'm just afraid they're gonna dump a bucket of pig blood on me the whole time like i'm yeah. so how do you be an adult I don't and hang know. out with people. I don't get it. I don't know. And I also like, and this, I, I bet you are not exactly like this, but like, I also want at this point, I don't want any like frivolous relationships. Like I don't need to get to like bail me out of jail. Right, status, right, right, right. But like, if all we talk about is like nothing, you know, like the garnish on the plate at the restaurant, I, I don't have time. I can't. I can't do it. So I also don't know how you build up the like, okay, we're cool. We can talk. I could like, if I, I could send you a meme that makes me laugh and like, maybe I could tell you about a bad day I had. That is hard work. And I don't know how, I feel like I'm very slowly doing it. That's where like, it's sort of like turned me where I seek solace in the internet a little bit Mm -hmm. where I'm like, you know, I've had these computer friends for several years now. I love how old you are that you say computer friends. (laughs) What do you call them? I don't know. I don't know. Online acquaintances. Yeah. I just did a big purge where I got rid of like most of the people I've never interacted with. Really? But it's hard, but I've also interacted with like thousands of people from touring and everything. Like, you know, so many people There's every now and again, like someone will post, like I'm, I'm doing a big sweep. I'm cleaning people out. And I think like, man, I would love to do that. I would love to have like this be an intimate circle of people who like, aren't going to jump on everything I post and try to out joke me. They can't, People can just let the joke ride. Um, (laughs) But then I'm like, well, will I be bored if I get rid of these people? Or like, don't they provide me with something? What if, what if I miss them? Then do I go find them again? It's a lot. So then I just never do a purge. I try not to add too many. I try, I only add people with whom I have like 10 mutuals and I can maybe figure out how we might know each other. Right. right, Yeah. I don't even add those people. Yeah. Really? I got, I have 197 unresponded requests. Yeah. I just don't even play. Because I just I can't add everybody. Right, right. I don't need, and plus I don't need every Jamoke who's trying to like, right. cause especially when I was booking the Green Mill and stuff. Like there'd be this yes. constant stream of yeah. every Jamoke that wants to be on yeah. the stage is hitting me up, and I don't yeah. need I don't need that many friends. No, plus my don't. friends are a pain enough. I mean, they're <laughs> like, do you have friends that try to one that try to come play with you uh, in the joke world? Yes. So, like, I posted yesterday, and I know you saw this post, right? But I posted yesterday. I was like, why did you, people, if you cared about me, you would have fat shamed me. How out of shape have I gotten? And no one said a thing. And then my friends are just like, yeah, and you're bald. And I'm like, oh, don't. This is not today. <laughs> what we're doing today uh, 
Yeah, they want to play, and then I'm me. Like I have, I've been shutting down hecklers for yes. a long time. Yes. So yeah. I want to play mean, and I'm like, it's not. Don't play nice. No. I I always try to. I immediately get salty. Like, let me just do this. Let me do this. You see this thing? I thought about it for two minutes. Yeah. I posted it just right. I reread it to make sure there yep. were no typos <laughs> to humiliate me. Yeah. Let me do this. So I will sometimes comment if somebody jumps in. I'll be like, you know. You can just let the plumber fix the sink. And <laughs> usually shut people it down. get that. Usually people are like, okay. I put, okay, my problem is, and it's hard. No, it's so hard to be a funny person. It's, but so it's hard to be taken seriously as a sure. funny person. So I've been on tour for like a month and a half now. It's fine. Whatever. I have this new medicine that I started that I have needles to dispose Gross. of. I know it's disgusting. I'm glad you're feeling better, but like, gross. thank you. I, I do feel good. It's working, but it's gross. So my biggest nightmare is I don't want to freak out a hotel cleaning person with like, like a like lineup of needles, dropping a bunch of needles. I have travel sharps containers, but one was full mm-hmm. and I just, because the internet can be unreliable and things vary from state to state. I just posted, does anyone who uses needles, do you know what to do, how to dispose of your sharps container? And really, like, the jokes just sort of went flying. <laughs> and I, like, I just deleted the post. Like, after, you know, 20, like, what are you, what's wrong with you? Right. You know, like, that kind of thing. Or, hey, you should Google. Or, you know, whatever variations of jokes people come up with that are never as good as mine. I was like, let me just delete this post. I obviously cannot be serious <laughs> right. when it comes to the internet. Well, and if you have a kind of friends that, like, are also comedians, they can't not do bits. So yes. I sometimes I'll have to be like, bits welcome or no bits, please. Yeah. Like, we don't need to do bits right now when I'm talking about how sad I actually yeah. am. This is but the you know, But you know who's never the joke? It's never the comedy people who are jokiest with me it's always the like i want to make you laugh Uh, i want to impress you with my laughter yeah and i'm always like Mm. dudes first of all nothing makes me laugh i'm just waiting to die (laughs) just i mean come on i'm so glad you're on this show (laughs) i'm so glad i have you (laughs) we i mean people like us need each other i think that's probably true yeah it is true because i make jokes about wanting to die and people like text me like are you okay like I posted, um, uh, hey, has anybody ever tried leaving Las Vegas thing themselves? <laughs> so immediately I'm getting like my DMs are blowing. I'm like, yeah, whoa, I'm just kidding around. I mean, I'm serious, but I'm yeah. also just kidding around. First I don't have the all, kind of money to buy that alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, the death memes, I, you know, I know everybody likes to hate on millennials, but really the memes are just, they're so funny. The nihilist memes? Yes, yeah, the yeah, nihilist, yeah. like death memes are really like I'm with you. my lane of comedy that's what makes me laugh and i post those things all the time and like i think people get it now but i will say things like i am just waiting to die which like i mean we all are of course i just decided to like actually wait i'm not like (laughs) looking for it but i'm also not trying to run from it i just am kind of hanging around death's bus stop like waiting (laughs) for it to Come get me. And, like, I'll say things like that, and people will be like, do you need the number to a therapist? Uh. And, honestly, the answer is no, because, like, 
I'm afraid to not be able to joke like that. And what if therapy cures me? <laughs> but that's a huge thing. And I've been talk- I would I went into this last week, and then also uh, Meredith Catchell on the last episode, we talked about this a bunch. Like, is it when you when you work through the depression thing? Like, are you not going to be funny anymore? Is always it's the big a huge fear. It's the big deal, right? I can't do it. I and like de- I've always been like depressed, but lately my anxiety is through the roof. Oh really? And but I writing from an anxious place is like gold oh, yeah. for me. Mm-hmm. I wrote a piece. It's not out yet, but I'll send it to you. So, not you, audience. You have to wait for it later. But <laughs> I wrote a piece for a ma- – there's a magazine for anxious people called Anxy Magazine. Shut up. A-N-X-Y. I'll get you a, sub- a subscription. I wrote a piece about oh, being so anxious. Excited. And it – I mean my e- my shoulders were in my ears right. while I was writing it. I was like hunched oh, – like – Hunched over the keyboard, like just boiling with anxiousness. And then I was like, this is great. The piece is really great. It's called Hello 911. <laughs> and it's basically like all. The <laughs> That's the best title. <laughs> it's all of the things I could would call the police for if I could call them for anxiety situations. Like one of them is like, hello, 911. Keely just left me a voicemail. You ever look at your phone and you see a voicemail yeah. and you're like, that's the end of my life? Or like, oh, God, one of them, which is real, is I was like, hello, 911. This person just pulled up too close to my car for me to get out without kind of bumping their door right. with my car as I try to wedge myself out. But that person is now texting, so I'm trapped in my car because I don't want to bump their car with my car and then like maybe have a confrontation yeah or what are you gonna do roll down your window and talk to a person get (laughs) out of here so now i'm just sitting here waiting for them to get out so i can get out Mm -hmm. like really that is the kind of thing that like the anxiety spiral if you don't have it you don't you don't get it yeah yeah it's the anxiety spiral is so real and like writing about it i was like this is really funny. I want to peel my skin off like a grape because I'm so anxious about it. But, like, this is pretty hilarious. So it's, I mean, I don't know that I want to fix it. It's hard because what, it's because the engine, what right? If, yeah. What if it's fixed and I'm like, huh, this is what it feels like. I'm not tormented by these thoughts that I now have to get out. Mm-hmm. onto the page i think i'm gonna circle back to kirsten because i didn't ever really finish that story but one you really of the got things it. you got the map in your head like you're really doing it today i mean i'm, tr- I'm trying i'm trying to be it. good for you you're doing a great job I'm trying you don't do a I'm lot of radio good- no you're doing great though no i'm i'm always nervous about being live i'm also radio is weird i did um <laughs> a chicago public radio show that You'll just have to go find mm-hmm. where the host is very hosty and he definitely like wasn't like us. Like we didn't have sure. this kind of energy. I had just met him, but he was like super hosty and he, you know, the thing people do when you're answering questions and they're sort of nudging you on to the next one. Yeah. Right, right, so right. he would be like, you know, Sam, what color is the sky? And if I said blue, 
he would move on to the next thing. But if I said like, you know, it was like a, you know, a cerulean with wispy white clouds, he'd be like, and the sky is great. So about your tour. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I hate this. Mm. So doing radio is like so weird. Well, yeah, promo radio versus people, just just hanging out radio. Yeah. It's a little different. Yeah. When and obviously, people hit you with the like radio yeah, voice. Like, but he's also got the dude in his headphones, like the producer yes. going, all right, you have 12 minutes with this yeah. woman and then we have to bring on the woman who makes uh, stuff out of buttons <laughs> and she's got to plug her new show. I have done when Nyla Boodoo hosted the BEZ afternoon shift oh, yeah, yeah. for a long time. She, I mean, God bless her for wanting to put me on uh, Chicago Public Radio live in the afternoon where people were like actually listening, not at like 3 a.m. A couple of times I did that and like the I just like sweat my clothes sheer because I was so nervous <laughs> about saying the wrong thing and like doing the wrong thing. It was I don't remember what I, I said some word that wasn't a swear word, but there are people behind like a behind glass, glass yeah. who are like, you know, frantically waving while they like have to check this word, it was a lot of pressure. What was and the I word? was like, I don't, don't remember. I don't remember. Yeah, what if it's bad and then like you get an FCC fine? I'm not going to do well, that. Well, it's only if the FCC is listening, which could happen with BZ. This station, there's no, <laughs> unless they start getting complaints, which is possible, knowing me, but I've I had mean, comedians in that chair. I was going to say, as soon as people know you have a show, I was about to call the FCC on my way in here. Like, you should watch this, dude. Like, tune he is in. out of control. Tune so I can't curse, and there are a lot of things I want to talk about that I can't. But like I did, yeah. I I ranted for ten minutes about opening a car door directly into a biker. <gasps> right, you'll listen to it on the podcast. But yeah, it's like I just right before you got here, so that's fun. Oh, but that's that anxiety thing of just like I just want to <clears throat> just open like or like when you hold a wine glass with a long stem, you just want to snap it. Yeah. In half. Oh, you didn't do it. Oh okay. no 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 no. Oh okay. no, but how much I wanted to do it and how yeah. fun it was to just sit and visualize it. <laughs> Because I'm not going to do it. I did that once as a kid, accidentally. Oh, for real? You opened the door? Opened the door, and the bike hit the door, and the dude went flying over the door. Oh, no. And it was traumatic. But also, I mean, I was the same kind of kid that I am as a person. I basically started to dissolve into tears, like thinking I'd killed this guy. And my mom was just like, just go help him up. And I was like, oh, oh right. I was busy I going down things. my own. I was too busy like, feeling bad about yeah, myself. Yeah, my own black hole of right. like misery and shame. Um, so speaking of misery and shame, yes. See that radio move? Yes. Uh, <laughs> so speaking That's of radio, it. How is uh, so Kirsten? Yeah. Yeah. What's the deal? She's gonna be so glad that I talked this much about her because usually I'm like me, 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 myself, me, me, me. Uh, she, she's into it, but I think the the thing I'm most curious about, was, yeah. or or want to comment on, is that if you haven't read Meaty, first of all, get your life right. Uh, it's a yeah, terrific. Man. It's really it's a good. good. It's really it's a good book. Short. It's fun. It's a perfect it's like airplane book. It's poop a perfect length. poop length is a good way of putting poop it. And that's what I'm where I'm going is that like yes. you talk about Crohn's, you talk about all the mm-hmm. embarrassing stuff. So you start dating somebody and she mm-hmm. already knows like, hey, here's what's really going on it's with my best. digestive check. It's the best. So you don't even have to worry about that, right? Nothing. It is so people without fail, people will ask, like, you know, at these readings and stuff, like, how did you why are you so honest? Isn't it hard? How'd you get to be so honest? And I think, so a couple of things had to happen. One, it just, I think there was a time, like, I've never been, like, a small person. Like, I've always been, like, a giant fat person. I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) 
I'm like, I'm like, I, there's no disappearing, right? Like, and I'm sure you get some of that. Like you have a big personality. You have like this deep voice. Like you, you perform, like, I'm sure you get like, some of us can't just can't blend into the background. Right, right, right. Well, especially if you choose as a performer. I yes. get that a lot where people are like, how do you get up there? I'm like, that's the easiest thing in the world. Yes. Me talking to you is hard. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So like, especially once I've started like writing and stuff, but even like just physically as a person moving through the world, I'm like, you know, I don't blend in. So um, once I started writing, I was just like, I was like, I have so many things that I feel ashamed of. You can see a lot of those things, right? Like I had like, you know, the body love, body positive, body body positivity thing was not around when I was like young. Sure, like I just sure. walked around like, why don't I look like a Barbie doll? But then I was like, if I write about it and like just acknowledge that like, yeah, I get it. You know, it's going to take me a little extra time to get up those stairs. It's going to whatever. Then like it's out there. You know that I know. I know that you know. And the same thing with, like, the Crohn's. It's just, like, it's freeing if you know. If I said to you, I mean, not now because we're in the air, but, like, if we, after we wrap up, I'm like, dude, I'm going to go to the bathroom, and it's going to be, like, 17 minutes. Mm-hmm. I don't have to be, like, running the water and texting you that uh, I accidentally tripped and broke my leg on the way in, and that's why it's taking so long. You just know. You know that I have a yeah, problem, yeah, yeah. and I don't have to. And, like, we're not going to talk about this for a long time and alienate people, but, like, no. poop is one of those things where, like, every, everyone, everyone you've ever met does it every day, maybe multiple times a day, yet we, like, are made to feel so weird. So weird about, about it. it. And, like apologizing for it mm-hmm. and i and i still get those urges sometimes like with a new person i'm like uh it's gonna be noisy turn your headphones up but <laughs> put those noise canceling headphones on we're in a studio apartment <laughs> but when like when i started writing about it and especially when i was dating if people had read my work then they already knew and it was like a thing we didn't have to talk about i didn't have to run Baz, I wish you knew how many showers I pretended to take. Oh, yeah. So that oh, I could, yeah, like, yeah, 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 really yeah. have, there. like, a yep. long diarrhea session. In, some, <laughs> in someone's house, I wish I could count the number of showers, all the water that got wasted. Mm-hmm. Because, I, you know, it's, like, not polite to be like, eee, why'd you let me get the, those buttered whatevers, you know? Yeah. Um, so writing about it alone in a dark room is easy sure putting it out in the world is is easy too when you are like writing a blog or whatever or even in a book like i'm not handing the book to people like you right. order it from amazon or whatever and then you've got it it's available then, on amazon now you can order it <laughs> <laughs> i mean from your local independent bookstore only order from local independent bookstore <laughs> <laughs> so, but then once it's out there and people know, and it's like freeing, it's like super freeing to be like, okay, you already know this part of myself. I, when I started writing about being depressed, it was the same thing where I was like, you know, I was worried it was going to be a little too tears of a clown or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then like I did it and the response was like, thanks for writing about this. And now know. we know 
it's so much easier. Yeah. Because you can just, you don't have to pretend like you're busy. I can just be like, listen, I can't come to that thing. I'm sad as hell today. I'm sad. I can't stop crying. And I don't need you to come over. I just need you to know that, like, I'm going to check out of our friendship for two days, maybe. Maybe six days. But then, like, you know what's up. And so, for me, the kind of getting it out there was was easy get waiting for the response is another thing sure but like the response was positive and so like when i met her and i was like well if you read this book and i'm still a person you are interested in then you really are like ride or die and it also there also is the risk too which i learned like writing my blog is like you also have the risk of people being like you know i like you and I'm willing to deal with your neuroses and your butt stuff, but <laughs> I don't want to end up in this work. And that was a challenge, That's a too. real issue. That's an issue, too, is when you perform things about your life and there's more than just you in your life, then it's also – and she was willing to, like, get into all that. And I was like, well, you really, you really mean it. I She's guess. real. And yeah. we're going to find out. I'm going to ask you more about it. But right now, you sent me a track that you wanted to play. Yes. Because this is, uh, I haven't played music in a little bit. Uh, you chose this track. And. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. It's going to seem so corny now. Yeah, but you're, but you're corny as hell, and I like you for it. So <laughs> uh, this is this is a little something. I'll, I'll even leave the mic on, and you can comment if you feel like this it. This is music I like to cry to, everybody. See, we're, we're transitioning here, and then we're going to uh, bust you out and make you look bad in front of your friends. Here we go. <laughs> Play. Oh, it's real sad. Oh, this is yeah. how you know I have old parents. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like my dad was fifty when I was born. You were fifty? Yes. Oh, yeah. Man. Imagine if I gave my you my love. I've read the stories. Listening to this. Just being sad. Swaying. What I do. It's so funny. Like people. kids music in my house no. no it's like we have the no. temptations yeah this is what's happening yeah i had one cabbage patch record record vinyl yeah one smurfs record that got warped because i left it in the car in the um but everything else was like can you put on that nina simone and piano record and dim the lights in here and i'm like how did I have any joy as a child? You don't have any joy as an adult. <laughs> well, childhood is at least when you're supposed to. A little bit. I think so. Uh, I remember there was, there was. I'm sure there was joy at some point, but I remember like I hit about seven years old. Yeah. And it was like, and the boy is sad all the time. Yeah. Like he was just over. Yeah. Couldn't enjoy a thing yeah. ever again. I what feel about like the, the way you love me? All this old sad soul music uh, like that was and away all the time. You know, like I came out of the womb singing like Betty Riot. Um, <laughs> that I really don't know how you build like a life of happiness on that. Like mm-hmm. they definitely were like life sad. Yeah. We listen to a lot of sad Al Green. I was a little kid, and they're like, hey, so what's your favorite song? I'm like, what becomes of the brokenhearted? <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy Ruffin. 
Quiet Storm, Smokey Robinson. Yeah, do you know that song? Yeah. <laughs> it's weird to be this kid. When your parents do this to you, and you have to, like, go to parties where uh-huh. everyone's, like, listening to pop radio, and I'm like, can I tell you, I used to sit and cry to the Lou Rawls telephone. That's what I It used to come on Channel 9, and I would just weep while Lou Rawls was singing at like six years old. What is that? I don't know. How do you not have a life in comedy after that? You have to, right? Yeah. You have to. Yeah. That's the only place I could go. Did the you, only blueprint did I you, could like follow was the one that led toward making fun of myself. Did you know there was a blueprint for it? Like, did you know you wanted to get into comedy? Like, what happened? I think I spent a lot of time like being sad uh-huh. and listening to Al Green and then sort of knowing that I had this uh, writing talent. Like, I started writing fiction, like, in high school. Like, every, you know, everyone who has any writing talent is like, I'm going to write, I'm going to revolutionize the short story in my sophomore uh, yeah, English I'm class. Yeah, I'm the new guy. Yeah. yeah. Poetry, I couldn't, poetry, I couldn't do. And I felt like. I should, you know, I was like, I'm very deep. I have a lot of deep pain. I'm hella deep. But then, like, writing sad stuff that was just sad Mm -hmm. didn't feel good to me. So I was like, forget that. I'm going to write fiction. Yeah. And I started writing fiction. And I did that all through high school. But then I felt very overprotective of these characters because I had created them. They were, like, my children. And so I never wanted to show my stories to anyone. So I was like, well... I don't want to just write and carry around a manuscript, like, soothing myself with it. (laughs) And so then I started writing. I started my blog to, like, impress this dude on MySpace. Shut up. For real? For real. You were on MySpace? No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I am a dinosaur. Yeah, I was, I also, I had a MySpace music page for my poetry. Oh. What's up, girl? You can't make fun of me Oh, I can't. Of course I can. Of course. Ever again. Obviously not. We're both dorks that way. But you started writing a blog to impress a dude. Yes. This, okay, so the um, the quick version of the story is he was dating a girl who was a poet who I bet you know, which I'll tell you when we're done. When we're off air, you got to tell me. Yes, yeah. And she had been on Deaf Poetry Jam. I'm sure I know her then. Yes, she had been on Deaf Poetry <laughs> Jam. And he was like, you know, look, I, I love her. I love girls who are writers. And I was like... I'm a writer, and then I didn't want to show him a bunch of, like, out-of-context pieces of a manuscript I'd written in 1995. So I was like, how can I quickly show this dude that I have a sense of humor and that I'm worth dating? So I was like, MySpace is a blog feature, so I just started doing that. Mm-hmm. And I wrote these little things that were just, like, anecdotes about my day, like, you know, turned up to a, an 11. And he was into it. And like, and my friends started reading it, and other people started reading it. MySpace would market your blog for you. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. MySpace would send your blog to other people on MySpace. And uh. so, um, he we dated. It was fine. It ended. And then I was like, "Well, I'm done with that." It, at that point, everyone was moving to Facebook anyway. Sure. So I was like, "All right, no, no blog feature on Facebook. I'm done. I'm done." Mm-hmm. Listen up, Zuckerberg. The blog could be good for you. Could have been. (laughs) 
But that was before video too, though. Before yes. every now everyone's got a video yes. stream yeah. vlog. Blah, blah. Yeah, I can't and look at my own that. face. No. That's, that's oh, awesome. I would vomit. I'm not playing. Every time someone shows me a picture they took of me, I'm like, you should have just shot me in the head yeah, instead. Right. Um. So. I shut down the blog. I was like, forget it. We're all moving to Facebook. I'm done with that, dude. That was great. And my friends who, unbeknownst to me, had been reading it were like, you should do this more. I think, like my friend Laura, I think she was like secretly afraid that I was going to start dumping my problems on her again. (laughs) And she was like, but it was so good. You just dumped your problems into this toilet called the internet. Mm -hmm. And then you don't have to bother me with the minutia of every single social interaction that you have. Um, and so she, I was like, oh, I don't need to do, and she was like, yes, you do. And so she taught me how, taught me, she told me where to go. I didn't even know It was know a blog blogger. spot, right? Or blogger? Yeah, it still is. It still is? It still is hosted on blogger. Uh. Penguin didn't buy, are you, is it Penguin? Is that your imprint? Yeah, uh, it's Vintage. Which vintage, is, which, which is, is Penguin's sub-label. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So they didn't, but they didn't, they haven't bought it up yet and they, no. you still own the rights to it and everything? Yeah. You could do a lot of stuff with it. Yeah, I could. It has no ads on it. It's the one thing in my life that doesn't make me any money and I've been doing it the longest. Imagine that. Yeah. But, um, she was like, start a blog. And so I did. And really I was writing it for the three people I thought were reading it. And then I. Honestly, I don't know. Between Facebook and just sort of the diligence of continuing to write because I didn't have anything else to do, other people started reading mm-hmm. it and it started like to gain some traction. And then I was like, well, this is a fun thing. I should just do this now. I should just keep doing it. And so I did. And then like if you go back to like the early entries like in 2008, like I didn't have a style. I didn't have – now I have a whole thing and it's like it reads like it's me. But um, – yeah, that's how I – that's where I started. I And I didn't think – I didn't start the blog for that guy with the intention of being funny and making him laugh. It, it is so embarrassing to me to be earnest that the comedy just was sort of like the natural – That's adorable. Opposite. It's <laughs> awful. I can't – like I'm probably blushing right now. I can't – earnestness – embarrasses me which says something about my maturity level i'm sure but like i was like it's i can't i can't be like really talking about like the beauty of life also i don't believe it like as a depressed person i'm like i could either try to put a a funny spin on wanting to gouge my own eyes out every day or i could do like this earnest thing that really feels gross to me mm-hmm. and so i was like comedy it is sure and so then i just started and like, then was it funnier. and then curbside splendor was the first they offered yeah. you just a book right out the gate yeah based so on the blog, i right? yeah so i met them because um jacob who was like co yeah yeah, yeah. i don't know his official title ma- managing editor or something used to do every live lit show I ever did. And he chased me for like two years and was like, do a book, do a book. And honestly, like the writing thing, I never wanted to be a writer. It felt like a lot of work for no money, which is, it is a lot of work for no money. And I was like, I got a job. I work 50 hours a week. I don't need to do this. So like for two years, like I let this dude like talk to me. And then finally I was like, okay. He was like, we'll make it as easy as possible. We'll let you do whatever you want, which was the ding, ding, ding. Mm -hmm. You know, we'll let you put whatever you want on the cover. Just do this with us. And they did. I wrote it in, 
in Kara and Ted's guest room, my friends. Mm-hmm. And uh, over the course of two months, they let me put whatever I wanted in it. And then, I mean, honestly, I was going along with it feeling like this isn't going to be real. But this is a cute thing to do. I'm not doing anything else. And then it was a real book. And I was like, this has an ISBN number. Like, and it this took is, off. Yeah. Like the book blew the hell up. I was like, this is real. But it also never felt super real because I was still going to work every day. Sure. Yeah. Part of it doesn't even feel real now because my life is so like, I get up, you know, I watch uh, first take on ESPN. I check my email. It doesn't feel like a writer's life. It just feels like. You know, I'm just doing my thing that I've always done. You chase these stepkids around. I well, do you run the carpool or anything? Uh, no, I have occasionally picked them up from school, which I dress like death every day. I'm always in black, and I always have big sunglasses on. And these are two small white children. Yes, yeah. and I always am black. And then I'm standing, <laughs> you know, I'm standing out like waiting for them, and they, you know, they love me. They come running. But I do feel like, you know, death came to get these children. The Grim Reaper is standing there all tattooed. And, like, you know, that that's a whole thing, too, is, like, trying to wedge myself into, like, you know, the, the actual mom. Sleepover group. Yeah. Or, like, you know, talking to, like, I don't really know how to talk to a little kid. Not that, I mean, I had a professional job for a long time. I don't just, like, say whatever. But I also am, like, deeply insecure about being the old person mm-hmm. that they don't want to be around. And, like, I mean, I just am a deeply insecure person, full stop. Shocking. But then around the kids, I'm, I'm like, what if I say that? I don't ask them anything because I don't want to out myself. So I'm never like, what's that dance called? <laughs> what's that dance called? <laughs> what's that show? What are you doing? You like Chris Is Brown this, again? Is yeah. This <laughs> Is this what the kids say? <laughs> And they're, you know, so I don't do any of that. I'm mostly, I like to, I'm working on an essay now called Detachment Parenting, Mm -hmm. which is basically like sort of functionally being the third child, like the larger, blacker, older child. Because like, I don't parent, you know, I'm never like, eat your beans. Because like, what do I care about (laughs) Like, They're eat them or don't, kids. you know? Like, I don't know, but, you know, I think, I'm like, you're going to be fine. We have a, I think when your childhood is, like, so traumatic and terrible that seeing kids who even have access to vegetables and love, that it's just like, what do I care how many brownies you take? Like, you have your own room. You're going to be fine. <laughs> you're white. You'll be you're cool. You're white in America. Good yeah, for you. Who you're winning. I mean, I'm like, the boy, I'm like, this, this is your world. I just am trying to make it. Yeah, and you're good. You got gay parents and stuff. Like you're, yeah. you're protected. You're in the bubble. Yes. Yeah. There, the bills are paid up in here. You know, nobody. The lights have never been shut off. So I basically just sort of stand out of the way. I'm like, this is maybe the easiest side gig I've ever had. It's just sort of like, you. I feel like a gatekeeper of many things, like the password to get new apps on the iPod. Like I feel like I stand in, in their way, uh, you know, in that way, just enough to make it feel like you're actually an authority figure. Yes. Yeah. They do know that I am older than they are. I can drive and they can't, I can it's drive a bonus. Places. It's a bonus. Yeah. But like all the other stuff, like the, did you have broccoli today, man? I don't worry about that. <laughs> I'm like, 
Look at this nice house that you have. You're going to be cool. Look how many varieties of soap we have. There's ba- there's a there's two bathrooms. What? I'm like, listen, how can you not turn out okay? You have your choice of where to poop every day. <laughs> so, like, that's sort of my approach to step parenting is, like, I try to stay out of their way because my biggest nightmare, listen, this is a nightmare I never knew I would have because I never thought I would even be near a child, let alone, like, having to, like, watch my mouth around two who are under my feet all the time. But, like, my biggest nightmare is, like, 10 years from now, they're like, you know, on this date in 2016, you said this, and it destroyed me forever. And now I'm in therapy for the rest of my life because of what you did. It's horrible. Yeah, and so I'm like, I can't be that. I mean, I'm not just going to let them, you know call me by my well they do call me by my first name but <laughs> yeah, call their call their mom by her first name and like you're not gonna muff me when you walk in the door <laughs> but i also am not gonna do anything that might ruin your life and they, do they know what you do they do and they know that they are not allowed to read my books despite the fact that they look like they're for children since they have baby animals on the front of them. And they're gonna find... I mean, they're gonna read it eventually, but, like, that would be the first bit of rebellion is, like... (gasps) Yeah. What if she's actually... You'll be fighting. You'll be, like, picking her up at prom. She's mad as hell. Yeah. And that's why you got Crohn's disease or whatever. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's why that dude left you at that place. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, (laughs) it's gonna happen. And I am going to... When they're old enough, like, I am going to take advantage... Of not being their mom. And mm-hmm. if you want to get buck with me, then it's on. I don't have, I didn't, I didn't promise to love you when I signed the birth certificate. I just met you. I've only known you for a few years, girl. You want to, you can get it. You can get it. <laughs> when they get spicy, I'll, I'll get spicy. How old now, are they now? They are, oh, today yeah. is the little one's birthday, hey, 10 years oh, old. Oh, double digits. 10 and 12. Um, I think, <laughs> I just try to, like, steer clear of them and not say anything that they can attribute to me. Sure. There's, there can never be a, where'd you learn that word? And the answer is Sam. It'll always be Sam. I know. Because they'll be, you're always going to be the first one they're going to go to. Like, yes. oh, you know their foul-mouthed stepmother, don't you? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think right now I'm just trying to bask in the glow. They are still, like... If I'm in the, if my name's in the New York Times or they see my book in a magazine, that they're still like a little awestruck sure. by that. Yeah, yeah. That is going to dissipate very soon. Yeah. Like the sheen of having a thing in People Magazine or wherever versus the grit of seeing me when I wake up in the morning and I'm like, go downstairs to pee. I need this bathroom for two hours. <laughs> you know? <laughs> That that's gonna evaporate very soon, and sure. you know. So right now, I'm just trying to bask in the glow of like, look at this person who came into our lives and is sometimes in magazines that get delivered to the house, like real print. Yeah, it's a big deal. Yeah. Real print magazines. I've been in magazines, but like, I mean, it's an online. Yeah, it's an online magazine. No, being I have a column in Marie Claire. Oh, do you really? Yeah, it kills me because it's the book recommendation. So I got to read like six books a month and write about them. Gross. But it is very cool to have, like, I don't know, Janelle Monet on a magazine and then my name is also in it. So while, while that impresses them, while I can use it as a 
point of leverage, it's cool. But I know the day is coming. The the tables are going to turn very soon where I will be desperate for their validation that I'm still cool and they will want nothing to do. They want to do anything other than give that to me. And then they're going to go to college. They'll read your books and they'll be like, you'll be back. Yeah. And then you'll be cool for real. But by then you'll be like, I'm already over you because you're terrible teenagers. Or, I mean, they'll be like, I got a deep, I took a deep dive into all of your insecurities and problems. And they will be like, mom, what did you do? (laughs) (laughs) Who is this monster you brought in our house? That's why I just got to buy them stuff. I just am like... What do you want? What do you need? An iPad? Just lather them up. Yeah. I, and then, I get these in gift bags. I don't even yeah, care about this stuff. Yeah. And now when they find out the truth, they'll be like, you know, you're a mess. But remember that time you got me an iPad? And I'll be like, yes. And then it'll get me off the hook. And a writer is born. I hope. You're the best. You're the best. You're better. Uh, we got to go, unfortunately, because, you know, it's like real radio. Thanks for doing it. I'm glad you did it. You're welcome. I didn't, I, when I texted you, I didn't think you'd, I thought you'd say no. No, I thought I you'd be like, I'm famous. Let me alone. Ask. I shut, up. shut up. You I mean, up. when I get that famous, you won't have my number anymore. <laughs> well, we when you get. We can't end it like that. <laughs> yeah, we can. Yeah, we can. Because oh. it's on brand. Uh, Sam Irby, her book, <laughs> We're Never Meeting in Real Life, is out now. They just did. Uh, is it a reprint of Meaty? Yeah. Another press, right? Yeah. Another printing of Meaty is out there. Her books are so good. Check them out. Uh, they're in like airports and stuff, they're in local booksellers. They're all over the place. Uh, she's the raddest. And uh, we're going to go out with some Chicago locals, some friends. Thanks for uh, listening. Q4 Radio, QUE4.org, 1680 AM in Chicago. You can find us all over the place. Add us on the Busted Mouth esteemed audio companion on Spotify. We'll see you all real soon next Monday, 12 p.m. Mm-hmm.